0: following sermon audio is from Love City Church, Cincinnati. More audio and information about Love City Church can be found at www.mylovecitychurch.org. As I said, I'm not going to talk real long. Uh, oftentimes on these family worship Sundays, my, my typical approach is that the leaders from our kids' discipleship classes gather all of the questions the kids ask that leave them stunned and amazed and and sometimes unable to come up with an answer. And so normally on Family Worship Sundays, I'll go to the scriptures and answer one of those questions for the kids. I'm gonna do something a little different today in light of child dedication and the fact that we were already in Deuteronomy. I do wanna say this though, kids. If you stay around for Family Meal and you've got a question that's just been burning in your mind and you really need to ask, I'll be around. Come grab me and you and me can sit down and talk about whatever your question is, okay? Is that cool, kids? Yeah, one kid cares. Good. Is that cool, kids? Let me hear the kids in the room. There you go. All right. We'll We'll play Stump Pastor Vince at Family Meal. It'll be really fun. So, I want to come back, I know I read this to you, but I want to come back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and um, I know I already read that to you a little bit, but I want us to just take a minute to reflect on it together, uh, since we're here, okay? So, let me read this to you one more time, Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4, "'Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might.'" These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so the question I want to pose to us today is what does it look like? We we had so many people today make commitments to raise their kids to know and love Jesus. We had a church full of people saying, we're going to help you do that, but what does it look like to raise kids that love the Lord and know Jesus? And, and I, I want to say there, there might be other words that would convey this idea, but when I read this, this command from God about what to do with his commandments as it pertains to our children, the word that comes to mind for me is saturation. Did you hear what was said he's talking about when you are getting up in the morning, when you are laying down at night, when you are walking along the way, go so far as to say, tie it like frontals on your forehead. Here's what that means. They had these things called phylacteries. They would take little scrolls of scripture, write it out, put it in these boxes, so that as they're walking along, the word of God is dangling and hitting them in their eyes. Write it on the doorposts, he said, so that you can't go in or come out without seeing my commandments, the word of God. This is, this is what this describes in Deuteronomy 4. What it, what it looks like to raise kids to know and love Jesus, to know and love the Lord, is saturation. It's, it's making as much of our life as possible integrated in with our faith. It's not that we have normal life and then this life of faith. It's, this life of faith is our life. And it's evident throughout all of what we do. And in every part of our day, saturation is what it looks like. And in the context of Deuteronomy 6, he's saying, here's what I want you to do. Saturate your children in all these ways with these commandments. And then as you go on through the rest of the chapter, he he gives the commandments. He begins to lay out what it is. He wants people to make sure they're keeping in front of the eyes of their kids and in the ears of their kids all the time. Thankfully for us all of the commands of the Old Testament, 613 in total, have been summarized. So in case you were wondering, oh man, I don't know if the doorframe around my house has enough room for even the rest of Deuteronomy 6, much less the other commands, the Lord Jesus has summarized this for us in a way that's so helpful. In Matthew chapter 22, a lawyer stood up wanting to challenge Jesus and said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment of all? And Jesus said to him, To love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. He was pulling directly from Deuteronomy that we just read. And he said the second is like it. To love your neighbor as yourself. From that he pulled from Leviticus 19. The Lord Jesus took these two commands, welded them together, and said this is the most important thing. But he also said this. All the law, all of the law, and the prophets hang on these two commandments. What he's really saying is these two commandments, they summarize the rest of the law. Paul said in Romans 13 that we should owe no man anything but to love him, and if we'll love our neighbor, we will fulfill the whole law. And so that's really helpful for us because we can narrow down this saturation process when it comes to raising our kids to know and love Jesus. We can pour in them the beauty and truth of the gospel the beauty and truth that God loves us while we 're sinners and that what he wants from us in return is to trust him and love him and, and to be able to shower our kids with all of the realities of why they can trust that God is good and does love them when I, when I say that those two commandments they, they summarize the rest, I want to just quickly use the ten commandments as a way to kind of practically show you what I mean because that can seem like a nebulous idea a little bit but or an odd idea, let's think about this. If we think about the Ten Commandments, kind of summary statements of God's moral law and what he expects of his people, if we're saying that loving God and loving people summarizes all of the law, if we think about the Ten Commandments, the first four really could be summarized with this idea. Love God. Let's think about what those Ten Commandments are. You shall have no other gods before me. If you love God, you'll not worship other gods. You won't make any graven images and worship those. If you love God, you're not going to feel the need to do that. You won't take the name of the Lord in vain. If you love him, you're not going to use his name in that way. And remembering the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. What remembering the Sabbath day is about is really, it's really trust in God. It's really saying, I don't need to be working my fingers to the bone 24-7. God is my provider. It's a, keeping the Sabbath is really a declaration of trust in God's provision. And so the first four commandments of the Ten Commandments, is really about loving God. And of course, those start first. The first four, in order, are about loving God. And then we have the last six, and those are really about loving people. If you, honoring your father and mother is the next one. If you love them in the way God has loved you, you're going to honor them. You won't murder people that you love. Everyone understand that? That's a pretty easy one, right? If you love people, you're not gonna kill them. That's good. That's helpful today. You won't if you, if you love your spouse, you won't commit adultery. If you love people, you won't steal from them. If you love people, you won't lie to them. And if you love people, you're not going to be jealous of what they have. You're going to be able to celebrate with them the blessings of God. And so, really, loving God and loving people summarizes all of what God has called us to do, but also called us to teach our children to know and to do. And here's, here's the reality, friends. We will never love God if we don't first believe in his great love for us. Seeing ourselves as sinners that God loves in spite of our rebellion against him is the first part of the gospel. Receiving that love and then loving him in return is the second part of the gospel, and it's the reason every human exists. The pattern given to us in Deuteronomy for raising kids to know and love the Lord is saturation. It's not an occasional sprinkling of the things of God and the truth of God. Several years back, I'm almost done, if you're wondering. Several years back, I read some research that it showed three major factors that rose to the top when it came to kids that continued to follow Jesus after graduating high school. If you look at some of the statistics out there about how many kids continue to participate in a life of faith and service to Christ after high school... There's, there's a pretty steep cliff from a statistical standpoint, and, and that's troublesome, but in interviewing many of the kids that they, they didn't stop serving Jesus once they became an adult, there were three things that rose to the top that were consistent in the lives of those kids. I'm going to give you those three things as a part of what it looks like to obey Deuteronomy 6 and to saturate our kids in faith and in trust for the Lord and in, in His love. The first thing was consistent participation in the life of their local church. And friends, I want you to know today, two things really important before I forget to say them. One, because this is a family worship, this, all I'm doing today is starting a conversation. I can't get into, in any kind of deep, uh, comprehensive way, all of what could be said about these things. But I'm hoping this at least starts a conversation for you at home, and perhaps between you and us as a church family that endeavors to partner with you to teach your kids to know and love Jesus. But one of the first things that came up in this research was consistent participation in the life of their local church. And so I, that doesn't mean we went to church every once in a while. Because even the idea of we went to church misses the point. Participation in the life of their local church. That their family lived in such a way that being a part of the local church was a real priority for them. And friends, I know that that idea has fallen out of favor for many. There's many people that would say, oh man, come on, you're being, you're being legalistic. You don't, you don't have to go to church every Sunday to be a Christian. And I'm not saying that. First of all, I don't like to say go to church every Sunday. I think talking about gathering with God's people is helpful. I think being a part of the church is Better language for how the Bible talks about it. I would encourage you to try to use that language with your kids. It's teaching them something about the nature of what we're doing here. But I, I just want to say to you, friends, again, I, I could unpack this and make it much more airtight. I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop grenades and walk away because I don't have a lot of time. So, you, you know, we'll talk about it later if, if you want to. Here's the thing: making participation. In the life of the local church, a high priority for your family is not legalism. That's not legalism. Somebody could have said amen there and there would have been a really good spot. That's not legalism. Participation in this rhythm that we can trace back all the way to the apostles of the people of God gathering every week for prayer and worship and the study of God's word and the taking of communion, that pattern, Okay is traced back all the way to the time of Jesus. He hands things off to the apostles. What do they do? They begin to establish rhythms of worship. We can go all the way back, and that's what the people of God have been doing. So here, here we are in, in 2023. We, we haven't figured out some new and better way with some kind of like half-hearted, half-cocked commitment to being a part of what God is doing through the local church, okay? And I'm just telling you what, what the research showed Uh, made a difference for kids actually continuing to follow Jesus as adults, okay? The second thing, and equally important or more, was that faith was genuinely practiced at home. That families where kids continued to actually walk with Jesus after they had a choice not to, (laughs) if faith was genuinely practiced at home, there was rhythms of worship and the study of Scripture and prayer together as a family at home, that made a giant difference, on whether or not these kids, and, and it's not that hard to understand why. If you know, on the other end of the spectrum, you could have a very legalistic kind of commitment to okay, well, we're there every time uh, the church doors are open. But if there is no carryover in terms of worship uh, for that family at home, it's not going the, the realness of what we're doing and following the Lord is not going to be communicated to our kids. The third factor that was, that was universally, almost universally true for those that continued following Jesus was that someone besides their parents who loved Jesus invested in them. So it was participation, consistent, prioritized participation in the life of the local church, faith genuinely practiced at home, and someone besides their parents who loves Jesus investing in them. Those three things consistently rose to the top when talking to kids that became adults and continued to follow Jesus. Now, let me say this, friends. Uh, you, got, you have to understand, we, we could do everything as good as a Christian parent could possibly do it. Our homes could be saturated with gospel truth. We could have family worship rhythms, stay connected to the local church. We could do all the things, and none of that is a guarantee that our kids won't have some season of wandering uh, or or Even worse than that, we can't guarantee anything, but we can make sure that we at least are faithful. The the idea that has kept me able to stay in ministry and stay encouraged is this idea, and I think it translates to parenting kids. Faithfulness is my job, fruitfulness is up to God. But what I don't want there to be room for is me just kind of flagrantly forgetting about my responsibility as a daddy to show my kids what God's love is about and to teach them his ways and his gospel. I don't want that to be the reason they struggle to really know that God loves them and that he deserves their love in return. And and I know many of you don't either. And let me say this, there's some parents sitting here and you're already done with the, the parenting process. And you may be looking back and tempted to feel condemned. Friends, I want to speak to those of you that are raising kids now and those of you that have already done it. Every one of us should be on our knees before God saying, Lord, please make up the difference where I don't do this perfectly. I'm going to need grace and mercy because I'm not going to parent my kids perfectly. And I believe that's a humble prayer that God will answer Uh, because I know we're not, none of us are going to nail it 100% of the time. And uh, this is all, all of it is dependent upon the help of the Holy Spirit, anyways. The last word I want to speak today is to the kids. If you're a kid in here that loves Jesus, I want you to know that you can help your family to love and serve Jesus. All of the responsibility doesn't have to just be on your parents. And I've seen some examples of this. Uh, You know, unfortunately, my poor family gets talked about from the pulpit because they're the examples that I have, and so that's about to happen. So, Max, sorry, I love you, man. it wasn't that long ago, maybe a few months, where Max came to Natalie and I. And he said, you know, I've been thinking, we don't, we don't really play a lot of worship music in our house. Don't you think it would be cool if like, we turned some worship music on and sang together? And here's the thing you got to know, uh, Natalie and I can't carry a tune in a bucket. We're not a musical family uh, by any stretch of the imagination, and so that's not the first place our mind goes. But I'll tell you what, Max was right. Max was right. There was was room for our family to grow in our worship rhythms by incorporating some some music and singing. And that's something we're still trying to grow in. But kids, I want you to know the Lord can speak to you. The Lord can direct you to help your family to continually uh, make much of Jesus and to celebrate his gospel and to saturate your home. When it's when it's nighttime and it's time for us to pray, oftentimes Max and Lucy beat Natalie and I to the punch. Hey, wh- where are we praying at? Right? They know that the, these are the rhythms that we have established. And so kids, you can help. Uh, if, if mom and dad are, are sitting on the couch eating Doritos on Sunday morning saying, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Church doesn't seem like that important today. Kids, you can tell them, hey man, I'm not sure that's totally the right way to think about it. Let's put those Doritos down and go worship God together. Amen. Go ahead, kids. And I'll tell you what, any parent that can sit there and eat Doritos through their kids saying, hey, man, shouldn't we go gather and worship God? A thump you in the back of your head, man. You shouldn't be able to do that. Not for one second, shouldn't they, Steve? I mean, if you can sit through that, whoo, buddy, it's time to repent. Amen. All right, I praise God that he gave us in his word this idea that, look, serving Jesus isn't a part-time deal. It's about saturating our lives with the truth of his word, the truth of his gospel, and living in light of it. And that idea translates 100% to what it looks like to raise kids that know and love Jesus. I want to offer this to you as well. Like I said, this is just a conversation starter. Uh, Ashley Pointer is, is leading our children's discipleship classes. She's building a library of resources to help parents uh, continue in this endeavor to teach their kids to serve Jesus. We as a church are committed to partnering with parents. And I also want to say something to those of you that are either you're past the parenting age, or, or maybe you're somebody that uh, God has called to singleness, or you just don't have your own kids, I want you to remember that third factor that we talked about, friends. Having somebody that loves Jesus other than their parents invest in them was a major factor for kids that continued to serve the Lord into adulthood. And so there's a chance for us as a community and a family to work together to sow the truth of God and the love of God into these kids so that they may serve him and love him all the days of their life. Amen? Will you pray with me? Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for the truth of your word. Thank you for this high bar and calling you've given us to be able to speak the truth of your gospel, the truth of your word into our children. Thank you that it is not just all on the shoulders of of biological parents to, to do this great work, but you have woven us together. We've got aunts and uncles, cousins, we've got grandparents, we've got uh, mothers and fathers, of, uh, gospel mothers and fathers in the church. We've got uh, so many resources, Lord, and, and sometimes we just, we just don't know to look at it that way. And so I pray for every parent that's felt isolated and alone, that's felt overwhelmed, and I ask God that you would reach in and touch their heart today, encourage them, and open their eyes to the resources available to them. And God, I ask that all of us would be committed today to continue in this arc of growth of saturating our lives, our own lives, but also the lives of our families and our homes, all of our rhythms. Lord, may may it be that we can't rise up without your word being in front of us, without your truth being in front of us. We can't lay down without it being in front of us, that that we're talking about it as we go here and there and everywhere, that, Lord, we are, we are constantly soaked in the truth and beauty of your word, your gospel. We need that. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Love City Church, located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission.